Hello, my students. It's your professor, Wolf the Dog, and I'm here to teach you all about what's synthesizing here on 694.2 PTBP contentions only form of education. This week's Howlin' with Wolf comes from at KCruise36 on Twitter, who tagged at Pretending Pod, an A-plus thing to do, my students. They write, The people of contention are fed up with our incompetent gun-crazy police force. We, the committee to unite the nearby townsfolk, refuse to let good, hard-working folks be terrorized by the likes of a pettymore firing wildly into the sky. The good lord knows we've suffered enough, and the overflowing offering plate shows this to be true. Head on down to the first church of contention to salve your soul and enjoy some casserole prepared by Our Lady's Auxiliary. Coffee is always hot and so, so black, y'all. Speaking of the first church of contention, go ahead and send thoughts and prayers to Pastor Adam Kane. We all know he's going through hell today. However, Professor Wolf is here to talk facts with y'all. It's time for the news, my babies. Earlier this evening, the officers cleaned themselves up after fighting a large robot man with feelings, perhaps. Is it a robot if it has feelings? What, what are the rules here? I don't know. Keith Vigna found a single piece of music called The Rise of the End in the Bench of the Stringless Piano. If that's true, and I'm sober, that's high strangeness. Clark Bishop found, in the flipped over coffee table, blueprints for calm, comfy campground, a suspiciously planned out set of seven buildings, six encircling a large one in the center that sits on Lake Calm. A similar design was found drawn on a piece of paper in the pocket of one of those two corpses they found in the pit under the trap door that Bishop fell into. Standing in James the Millworker's house, the officers remembered that he died in Chief Maggie Cook's house with a bullet in his head, face down in a plate of foot meat. They also remember the contents of the present that she received from an unknown source the night she took off. A red rose. A white hard hat and a black silk bow tie, all of which were present in this home in a painting on a suit of armor and worn by a statue, respectively. After undressing the bottom half of the still-standing robot man, the gang finds a logo on the smooth pelvic area. It is an M made out of four double helices. They voted and decided to store the legs in Keith's cruiser's trunk. Is it just me? Or is life getting stranger and stranger around here? Your mentor and educator of the masses, Wolf, had another scary dream, uh, today on December 4th, during a nap, I was eating a glass of water and began bleeding all over the floor. I looked down and my dog Wolf was lapping up the blood. So then he looks up at me and he has a fish in his mouth and it's flopping around. The blood from my mouth pours all over my wolf, and then my dog's face is the face of that fish. And in the fish's mouth is my face. Now class, find a partner for this next assignment, or work in a group, or fly solo. It's your life, and it's also kudzu with no backbone.
Maybe, maybe we should just get a good night's sleep and check out the mill in the morning. Because nobody's going to be at the mill right now. Yeah, it'd be a good time for snooping, but not a great time for. I think it's a better time for snoozing than snooping. Hell, uh, that's the second smartest thing you've ever said. I could, uh, I could get a few winks in. That's for sure. Okay. Hey, uh, hey, John, you want to just crash at my place? Because I think, it, I mean, it's closer than going all the way out to your house. Keith, man, you know that's nice, but hotel rooms just depress me, and I'm really looking forward to getting back to my. My home, just how I like yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Well, maybe we should all stay. Maybe we, maybe we should all stay at Clark's house so that we're together, just in case something dangerous happens. I got plenty of beds. I, mean, I know yeah, we just met a giant robot, beds. but are you a little? Maybe you should go sleep with Clark, buddy. That's fine. There's no shame in a grown man being afraid. No, I'm not after afraid. A robot I'm, just, encounter. I'm just thinking that we should probably all stick together at this point. You know, some weird shit's going on. No, man. I, I what like, if the ooze? What if the? What's the closest waterway to you? You know. Uh, well, there's actually a, there's a beautiful little creek that runs right through my property. Okay. Well, um, you guys can come. Do you want to come stay out there, Keith? No, not really. Okay. Oh, actually, yeah. I I forgot. I kind of have. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna call up this girl later. So okay, well, I'm pretty excited well, to show her my uh, okay, well. So, Zeke's a hazard DVD. You guys have your uh, smoking. You guys have your your cars at the police station. I don't think we well, have cars. In, I think yeah, there's there's some you're, cruisers, you're, but we need to get replacement cruisers. Are the the cruisers are still destroyed? Right, that is correct. We've got yeah, I've got my. You've got a truck out at your property. Yeah, for sure. Talked about. Oh wait, and then do you have a? I don't think I do. So, you know, guys, I think it'd just be easiest for us to all stay at Clark's house tonight since we only have one car. You could pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, the station's even easier to get to, and we can just get new cars, buddy. You have an impound lot, so you could just take cars that have been impounded. Okay, well, I guess I'll take you to the impound lot. Hey, hey, Clark, man, can I talk to you for a second? You know, I think, I think Vigna's afraid of something, and maybe just... Bought him over for a little sleepover or something. He doesn't. It doesn't seem like he wants to. He, seem, he seems spooked. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I'll, I'll, I'll put a word in his ear for sure. Let him okay. know he's welcome. Yeah. Okay. So you sure you don't want to have a sleepover over at Clark's? Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure. Keith, you're more than welcome though to hang out for a little while. You know. Well, I mean, what? Well, I just, you know, I don't. Buddy, this is cute, but I'm, I'm going back to my I'll, house. I'll, yeah. I'll. You know what? I'll take you up on that. You got a spare bed? <laughs> yeah, I got I got a spare bed, Keith. Okay. Um, you uh, you like Salisbury steak? It will probably Salisbury be steak safer for you, you tonight. Do you if have you're Game Show Network? As a matter of fact, I watch Wheel of Fortune every night. Dude, I'm down to watch whatever's on Game hey, Show Network, hey, whether whether hey, it be Match Game, hey, Cash Cab, Wheel of Fortune, whatever's oh, like going on. Cash We're gonna watch Wheel of Fortune, but I gotta warn you, I get a puzzles from time to time. Hey, well, let's see. Let's see if I can't best you on at least one round. Ooh, good luck. Okay, so I I drive the three of us to the impound lot. Uh, what kind of what kind of car do you get? <laughs> um, that is the question. Yeah, John Lee Pettymore is in the mood for for the classics tonight. So I'm gonna take a uh, a dope alpha. I don't know cars. A cool '70s car. <laughs> How about like a Stingray Corvette, dude? Do we have one of those? Probably not impounded. <laughs> a 91. There's a pretty sweet 91 Toyota Corolla. Uh, is it all modded? No. No. Oh, okay. No. 
I, when I said sweet, I was lying. What about like a G? There's a cool like uh, lime green Geo over there. Nah, I'm good. I'll take the Corolla, I guess. I'm going to take a 1990 Lincoln Town Car. Nice. Whoa. I'm going to just stay in my cruiser. My stepdad had one of those. Really? I think that year and everything. I neighbor had one. I remember feeling like it felt like a boat inside. It was so wide. Super is, yeah. Okay, and uh, here, are the, here are the keys for those... And yeah, as as soon as we uh, as as soon as we get the the cruisers back in working order, I'll I'll, I'll make sure that you're in them. But uh, you know, uh, for now, maybe like let's not let the town know that you're cruising around in cars from the impound lot. Probably. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean definitely not a great idea. I mean, don't uh, like you know. Hey, Drew, I'll see you around, buddy. And I drift out of the parking lot. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Hey, Clark. I'll just uh, I'll just follow you back. Follow home. me back over there. Yeah, of course. What time is it nine? Nine thirty, maybe now. Sure. Are there any late night food spots open? Yeah, I mean you can always get a burger at Burgatory, and uh, Daily Fu is still open. Well, I mean you offered me you offered me Salisbury steak. That I, sounds. I tell you what, I've been looking forward to my chicken nugget dinner. So okay, well, if you want to stop for a burger, bring it over. That's fine. Well, I mean, really, what I'd like to do is have a a bishop night. Do you have an extra for me? <laughs> I got you. I got a Salisbury steak I've been holding back. You can have that one. Okay. I'll just follow you home then. Who wants to go first? You guys? If whatever you want. If you want to go I think first, maybe. T- I think maybe. Yeah, we'll have you guys go first. That's it. I pull up into my driveway. Were you coming straight behind me? Yeah, I was. I was falling right behind you. Uh, so I wait for him to get out of his car, and I go up the steps, unlock my door, and you got a driveway that's two cars wide, right? I or picture it one? one car wide. Okay, so I park behind you then. Yep. And I go up and unlock the door, and I just kind of leave it open, but just walk straight in and head toward the kitchen. I get out of my cruiser. I go to the uh, my trunk. I pop it open. I uh, see the legs of the, you know, the robot in there, and I, like, forcefully pull up the false bottom, and I grab, like, a bag of chips and, like, a couple Slim Jims, and I drop it down, close my uh, trunk, and I walk in, and I walk in the open door, close it behind me, and I look at Clark, I go, I brought a couple snacks, I know we got a couple meals going, but, you know, I figured for, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe we could watch a couple episodes, and... And I, I put that on his uh, coffee table, and that'd be a good. That'd be a good snack. I uh, I go to my freezer and I pull out the chicken nuggets and I pull out the Salisbury steak. And Clark has always ever done one frozen dinner at a time, so he's kind of baffled right now. And he thinks about it for a while, and then he puts both of them into the microwave and just doubles the time. <laughs> I, I sit down. Uh, Clark, could you describe? Well, not Clark, but uh, could could you describe Clark's like um, furniture situation? It, yeah, there's a couch that is along the window next to the door, and there's a recliner right across from the TV, and everything is kind of dated. So if I if I sat on the couch, it would be in view of the television. In view of the television, but perpendicular to it. So okay. it's a little off off kilter. Well, so uh, I sit down on the uh, side of the couch. Cl- you you just make yourself at home over there, Keith. You, you, mi casa, su casa, as the Spanish say. I sit down on the uh, side of the couch that's closest to like the, 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 the best view of the television. Because I know that I'm in your house. You're cooking me food. I did bring snacks over, but... 
I don't I don't feel like I should sit in your recliner. So I, I sit down on the that side of the couch, but I also do scoot the couch up a little closer to TV. I walk in and kind of pause. Uh, did you, did you move that? Did you move the couch there? Yeah, I just you know I figured if we're watching TV, I might as well. Is that I? Uh, and I, I immediately. I mean, I move it back, scratching up the floor again as I move it. Clark back. winces. I'm I'm sorry, man. And uh, so I get up and I. Um, no, it's 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 fine. Here, I just Clark, just sit down. Just sit, just sit down. No, I got to keep an eye on these. You know these what? I'm dinners. the guest here. I'll I'll keep an eye on the food. You just sit down in your recliner. Pop pop the legs up. Sit down. Don't worry about it. I, you know what? I'm the guest. I'm I'm here to take care of you. Clark uneasily sits down in the recliner. I sit down on the the uh, the arm of the recliner, and I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll just as soon as that microwave goes off, I'll I'll get our stuff, and I I put my arm around Clark, and I I'm like, you know, turn on that game show network, you know, this is a nice little bonding. Clark situation. leans forward real hard to get out of the arm, and, and grabs the remote. And I, I, I kind of I pull my arm up, n- understanding how uncomfortable he is. I'm like, is this good? <laughs> Are we going to into this? Now, how is the couch placed within the room? Uh, I do want to emphasize that the house is immaculate. Like, I keep it pretty spartan and clean. I flip on the game show network and uh, I instantly kind of do the slack jawed in front of the TV face. For- Ding! Oh, hey, um... I kind of start to pop up. No, I, I almost... It smells like plastic burning. I almost forcefully, like, put my hand on Clark's chest and push him down into his comfy chair. I kiss Keith. I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> no, the, the microwave goes off. I, I, I get up and I, I go... <laughs> I don't really. Okay, um... Ding! I uh, get up off the armchair of the lazy boy and I, I go to the microwave and I open it up and um, I see two microwave dinners stacked on top of each other <laughs> and the plastic on the top part is just melted into my Salisbury steak. So I, I pull them out and like the chicken nuggets are cooked well and like I, I peel the uh, plastic top off of that and I'm like, oh, these look good. So I grab a chicken nugget, I swish it around in the mashed potato part of that and I pop it in my mouth I'm like yeah it's pretty good it burns the fuck out of your mouth yeah so <laughs> did you pass your constitution check <laughs> I did actually yeah alright <laughs> you can you can deal with it so I and then I get the Salisbury steak the plastic has melted onto the Salisbury steak I, I try to peel the plastic off but like I it takes me like eight different peeling off the edges to get in. There's still a little plastic on there, but I'm like, yeah, what? I mean, I'm a guest in this house. Fuck it. So, uh, yeah, so I bring um, both TV dinners in there and I sit back down on the arm of, of Clark's chair and I'm like, okay, let's watch. Uh, what is this, like, uh, like Jeopardy or something? I only have one TV dinner tray stand that I use. So I go over and grab that and I kind of start setting it up in front of me and I look up at Keith sitting at, on the arm of my chair and I'm, Hey, you know what? You can, you, you can use this. Go, go take that over to that couch over there. 
No, dude, that's okay. You <laughs> I, can. I stand up and start setting up the tray in no, front of the couch. You can use it, and I I put it back in front of him. <laughs> just lay lay down and and don't worry about it. I'm just gonna sit right here. I I'm real. I'm I'm starting to get a little weirded out that he's wanting to hover around me so this close. This is uncomfortable. And I look down at my chicken nugget tray, and hey, Heath, these usually have. Eight nuggets in them, but this one only has. Oh yeah, that's. I was gonna, and I, I like use my plastic fork to uh, cut a little piece of my Salisbury steak out, and I put it on his uh, chicken nugget tray. But it's the one piece of Salisbury steak that has like the plastic still <laughs> melted on top of it. You know what? I will take that tray, and I take the tray. I go sit down on the edge of the couch, and I'm like, okay, let's uh, let's just play. Wheel of Fortune, or however you know that goes, right? Yeah, buddy. I, uh, those chicken nuggets are cooked very well, by I, the way. I, I, uh, I kind of fumble with the, uh, the plastic on the Salisbury steak, and I pop <laughs> that into my mouth first. And I'm like, I do like that. I do really like that Salisbury steak. That's a good one I gave you, just so you know. Yeah, I mean, and I, um, I, uh, take, I take like a little bite of it. I'm like, it's okay. I, for uh, sake of time, I finish my entire meal real quick and I like without a word stand up and start walking back to the bedrooms and I go into like a linen closet and I get out like a pillow and some sheets and I go into the spare bedroom that has a bed in it, but is bare and I get the sheets all on it. Hey, uh, Keith, uh, I got your bed ready. Dude, this show is kind of like hangman. Real quick. I need you both to roll an intelligence check against each other. I got a 39 on a 55. I got a 73 on a 50. (laughs) Clark wipes the floor with Keith while playing along to Wheel of Fortune. Nice. Anyway, that was happening. Oh, I mean, I I tell you what, Keith, I watch this about every night, so don't feel bad. You came up against a master. Yeah. Okay. I think I might go home, honestly. But Oh, you don't want to? I got the bed ready and... Oh. You you know f- if you're feeling if you're feeling comfortable on your own tonight, I I respect that. No, you should you, you should know head what? on. I, I think I forgot why I came over here initially. Um, it wasn't to it was to hang out with you, Clark. That's that. I'll I'll stay here. It wasn't bec- for any other reason other than I just wanted to hang out with you. Yeah, of course. I had a great time. Where should I? I Clark sleep? knows deep inside that Keith was just real scared tonight about all the things we'd seen today, and he, he knows that he's this is his way of reaching out for comfort in this his time of need. Um, I go to sleep in the bed that Clark has made for me. I wait until Clark goes to sleep. Yeah, I go ahead and go to bed. Like right, like after that conversation, I'm like. I want to. I want to pass out. I call my landlord at the hotel and I say, "Hey, is there an open room that I can stay in besides my own tonight? Because I've got somebody that might be after me in the morning." There's definitely an open room. So I um, I clean up our TV dinners. I move the couch back. I quietly leave Bishop's house. Keith, when you make it back to Hotel Motel, you are getting out of your police cruiser when a young girl approaches you. She seems to be a high schooler, and you recognize her. This is your niece. 
It's Ferguson's daughter. What's her name? Oh, my niece is Frances Beans. Frances Beans. Okay, so... Frances. Frances, she walks up to you and she puts a finger over her mouth and hands you a note. Yeah. If you want to read that aloud... No one hates my dad more than you, so I'm coming to you first with this opportunity. I know you have no love for your parents, especially after they left everything to Fergie, but I recently found out their deaths were no accident. He killed them when he needed the money. I found his will. All of his money, some of which I think you deserve, goes to me upon his death. I will give you one million dollars to kill my dad. Please. We deserve it. He deserves it. Follow me in your car, but don't make it obvious. And she holds a lighter underneath the note, and she lights it. She kind of motions. I I throw the note off to the side as it's burning. And she goes over and hops in her Chrysler Sebring and kind of motions for you to follow her. I look around. Can I do a search for anyone around us? Sure, yeah. Six. You see that no one is out and about right now. No one's watching. I reluctantly get in the passenger side of her car. When you get into her car, she looks at you and she rolls her eyes and she's like, um, maybe get in your own car. Maybe follow me in your car. Like it said on the fucking note, maybe. No. Take me to where you're going to (sighs) go. Okay. And she drives up and hops on the highway and heads toward the city. John Lee Pettymore, as you were driving north through contention on the way to your home, you go over the bridge that travels over Coles Creek. Looking out the window of your borrowed, impounded vehicle, you see animals of all size and type filling the waters below. But you notice there are fewer and fewer animals the farther north you drive. After passing the highway and leaving the city limits of contention, you turn down a long gravel road that eventually leads to the isolated home of Officer Pettymore. What do you do upon arrival? Uh, I'm going to give Drew a call real quick. Bring, 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 bring. Hey. Hey, Drew. Uh, is everything set for tonight? Everything's ready to go. When do you want me to come out? Uh, well, what time did you tell them to meet? 2 a.m. 2 a.m. All right. Why don't you get here around midnight? Okay, perfect. All right. I'll see you then. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm excited, buddy. Me too. All right. <laughs> We're going to be rich. <laughs> Hopefully. I <laughs> Okay. Okay. Like, John Lee Pettymore gives himself a moment to, uh, to imagine that. Just like, what if, what if it does all go well? What if I do get that money? And he, he sits in the, the Toyota Corolla for about five minutes, just like letting himself feel that and kind of trying to de-stress a little bit. He's going to try to get a little nap before, before, uh, everything goes down. So yeah, he's just excited to get back to his home. Absolutely. So when you walk into your house, however, mm-hmm. your entire home has been flipped over. It looks like someone broke in and rifled through all of your shit. What the hell? What the fucking hell? As you're going through room by room, I'm trying to out. piece together what's happening with your gun out, 
you notice that your uh, smoking and the Bandit DVDs and all the memorabilia has been knocked over. Some of it's been stepped on. My Smokies! I would do such a thing. God damn it. First, this whole fucking town goes to shit, and then somebody steps on my Smokey DVDs, and now it's fucking... <laughs> what a goddamn horrible day. And as you are looking about... You see, there is a Burgatory Rewards card for Keith Vigna on the floor. I'm, I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna fucking kill that son of a bitch. That idiot, incompetent, coke-addled, motherfucking ransacker, I'm going to kill him. You say to an empty, turned-over home. Ah! I fire my gun several times <laughs> into the ceiling. <laughs> dust and like the popcorn from the ceiling starts coming down around you i uh you had popcorn in your ceiling right yeah i keep several it's uh cheaper than insulation you just go to the stadium uh-huh. uh, so the dirt yeah, the sprint car racing uh they just used to give me big old bags <laughs> of the popcorn if uh-huh. you keep it in plastic it doesn't go bad mm-hmm. uh and that is yeah the squirrels had chewed through all my old shit so <laughs> They definitely won't chew through the popcorn. Well, not in plastic. <laughs> they can't smell it. <laughs> it does. I mean, now that, now that it's raining down on me here, it does look like the squirrel. Yeah, like mm-hmm, it's mostly just it kernels. So it smells, I think like, that, yeah. smells like butter. I, I think they got into it. Yeah. He lets his frustration out shooting, shooting his gun into the roof, and then he just collapses onto the couch, dejected. Would you run and try to make sure that the cocaine is still... Where you put it? Um, would you be worried about that? No. Well, it was dark, but it would have taken like excavation sure. to get it. Yeah. And I don't think I saw any signs of that. Uh, how are you prepping for the deal that's going down? I don't think he would sleep now. I think he's too angry to sleep. Uh, John Lee Pennymore just needs to stay focused. And he is unspeakably angry at Keith, but he's going to rechannel that anger into just energy for tonight. What he's going to do right now is smoke a big old bowl and put on smoking the bandit and just de-stress for a minute and just fucking try to try to forget it all for a minute. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a rich man in two hours. I just got to fucking or four hours. Drew gets here in two hours. I just got to calm down, watch Smokey. And then tomorrow I'm going to kill Keith Figna. When the credits roll on Smokey and the Bandit extended cut, the doorbell rings. Gun draw and I, I go to the door. Yeah, it's true. Peek through. Hey, hey, buddy. Hey. Come on in. Okay, cool. And uh, he is holding a pistol and he is holding it like by the top. Hey, uh, Drew, you ever, you ever shot one of those before? Nope. Okay, we got a couple hours. I'm going to give you a quick rundown on all this. See, this here's the safety. You've got that off. Yep. Yeah, you want to put that on. Oh, okay. Let's go. I got a shooting tree. Let's go back and shoot the shooting tree for a minute. You guys go back and shoot the shooting tree for a minute. And he's not, you know, he's not good. But I at least want to teach him how to like hold it. And yeah, yeah. you don't think he's going to shoot you Here, now. Unless things get really bad, I want you to just keep that safety on. But I do feel like we've taught you how to hold this and look more intimidating to the mafia. I couldn't agree more. I look very intimidating. <laughs> he buddy. says with four inches of gums just hanging out. Man, Emmett made the right call. <laughs> Emmett's so cool. What'd you say? 
Nothing, buddy. Okay, cool. You're, hey, you can get a billion gum surgeries with all the money we're going to have. I didn't even consider. Oh, my goodness. Think about that, buddy. John, what's sex like? It's not bad. Okay. Maybe one day. How, how old are you, dude? I'm 57. No. <laughs> He's in his early 30s. My God, you must moisturize. <laughs> um, we're getting you laid. We're going to get you late tonight. Okay. Uh, probably not tonight. I'm very tired. <laughs> I should not be making a cocaine deal at two in the morning. I'm extremely wounded. Yeah. And this town is beset by unnatural horrors. But, yeah. So maybe we'll have to wait till next week, but we'll, we'll get you laid, buddy. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, cool. Is there a strip club in town? Did we? Uh, no, there's just a, uh, there's an auto mechanic called Sassy Reds. <laughs> Okay, the pink, so the pink Cadillac. It's coming up on. Uh, yo, that's so much better. <laughs> no, both. Uh, so it's coming up on two a.m. I'm gonna go ahead and have you lose two willpower for me. Okay, I'm down to eight. And then, what do you want to do? Last minute, get ready. Uh, you think they could probably be rolling up whenever? So, uh, Drew, I've I've made some arrangements here. I'm just gonna check to make sure that's all all in place. I uh, just out to the woods i just kind of make a bird call and uh a similar but slightly different bird returns the call i love the great northern caller it's my favorite bird drew how about you oh i've never heard of that one i'm a fan of uh pigeons okay those sure are birds (laughs) uh i'm gonna do a little bump too okay cool go ahead and roll a d6 Four. You get four willpower back, which so I'm, takes you. I'm full, yeah, 12. It feels to you like right before lunch. I'm ready to start my day. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke, but that's also just true to, <laughs> to life. John mm. and Thomas. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> we've established that <laughs> John goes to work at like 7 a.m. Yeah. Okay, so you hear a car turn down your road. You've got a long driveway. And you see the lights. And it is a large white 15-passenger van that is pulling a white trailer behind it. And as it pulls up to your homestead, you would see painted on the van as well as the trailer in large block letters, it says, Jesus Christ Ministries. Oh, shit. As you're looking at it, it looks like... The 15-passenger van is filled with children. Hey, uh, uh, Drew, what the fuck are all the kids doing in that van? I have absolutely no idea. Um, who are we meeting exactly? His name is the Duke. He's with the Mafia? I don't... How do you know the Duke? I... I... God, we should have covered some of this before. Uh, Probably. And then as you guys are having that conversation, (laughs) the van passenger door opens up, and the most handsome man you've ever seen gets out of the van he has perfect hair perfect teeth a perfect jawline and he is wearing the fuck out of a bright white suit with a red rose pinned perfectly to his lapel and he begins walking up to the two of you on the porch and he just stands there you the duke yes i am are you drew drew's here uh yes i'm drew and I believe you've got some cocaine for me. Is that correct? I believe you have some money for us. Uh, that is certainly correct. All right. 
Well, we'll point your boys where to digging. We got the cocaine on the property here, stored away. Uh, why don't you show us the money? You give half of it to us, we'll show you the first hole. Give us the other half, we'll show you the second hole. Seems like a deal. He is going to turn around and walk back into the van. He kind of leans in. You hear him say something. And then he comes back out with a briefcase handcuffed to his wrist. I've got half, which is $5 billion U.S. currency in this briefcase. And you see a bunch of children run out. They're all carrying shovels and they stay pretty far away. They're like on the other side of the van. They all kind of line up like staring at you, all holding the shovels in the exact same way in front of them. And he says, where do you want me to dig? Drew, uh, go take a look at that briefcase. Make sure everything's all right. Okay. And he pops over there, looks into the briefcase. He cracks it open, closes it right back up. Drew walks back. I don't know. It seems like seems like a whole shitload of money in there, John. All right, buddy. <laughs> Hold on to your britches. You're not Keith. Is Keith's britches too big? Yeah, I think they're too big. <laughs> too big? <laughs> yeah. So they fall Fucking off? first. <laughs> anyway. All right. Just hold on to your britches, buddy. We're not through this yet. All right, Duke. You see that maple tree over there? Get to digging. And he points, and the children in a beautiful single-file line, all with the same movements, run over, and all at the exact same time begin digging. Uh, Mr. Duke, while you got your children there digging, can I ask you a couple questions? Go for it. Uh, Why you got children out here digging for cocaine at two in the morning? I didn't have anybody else. How'd you get them? Um, well, I made those children. They're yours? Yep. Same mom? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you could say that. And he walks back over, and these kids are digging so fucking fast. Dirt is just, like, flying everywhere. And they get down, and I'm assuming this is where the cocaine is. Is that correct? Okay, so about half of it. Mm -hmm. And they start piling the cocaine into the trailer that is being pulled behind the van and the duke walks over and unlatches the handcuff from the other end and hands you the briefcase there's five million dollars in it all right that's wow that's a little that's a lot of money duke uh duke duke show us the other case you're a stickler And he walks back to the van and uh, hooks another case onto his wrist and walks back over to you and gives you a peek. Looks the same. All right. Just round back behind that wood pile. Your boy should see the hole. Well, all right. And he sends the children over to behind the wood pile and they begin digging just as furiously as they did the first time. Drew, can I speak to you for a minute? Yeah. You don't know nothing about what, what kind of crime is this Duke involved in? I think he's a drug dealer. All right, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, How dangerous do you think he is? I mean, he just brought children. I haven't told you this, but we've got about a dozen Pettymore cousins watching us from the trees right now. What? Yeah, man, Overwatch. Like, oh, I thought it was just me and you. That that takes so much stress off my shoulders. <laughs> I should have probably told. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But I don't see a fucking. I don't see any goons or muscle just all these children and you know i don't want to take candy from a baby but it seems like we could just take the 10 million dollars and all the cocaine 
What kind of retribution would that bring down upon us? You want to fuck with a drug dealer from the city? Maybe. I'm just saying, it seems like the opportunity has presented itself. But then we'd just have to sell the cocaine again. This was really stressful. I've been pooping all day. Yeah, but imagine how easy you would poop from now on if you had $10 million. I honestly don't see that much of a difference between 5 and $10 million, but... It's, it's- it's twice there's there's twice a difference yeah math was never my strong suit but i i just think (sighs) it's just a thought i had maybe he's got somebody watching us i don't know but john fuck yeah i'm down with whatever you want to do just give me a signal okay yell bubblegum tree what's that mean just kidding (laughs) oh my god i got so scared for a moment and he like (laughs) hits you on the chest with his hand he's like (laughs) oh man you're so silly (laughs) i like doing this with you me too drew (laughs) you're a fun guy and the children are now taking the second pile of cocaine and loading it up into the trailer behind this van and when they are finished the duke walks toward you and undoes the lock on the handcuffs to the briefcase and hands you the briefcase. Well, this is just fucking great. I love it when a deal goes off without a hitch. Me too. I mean, this went off far smoother than I expected it to. I do I do have a couple questions, though. Well... And I, I'm, I understand I might have to grease your palms to get you to talk. But you just gave me a shitload of money. It seems like I'm in a position to give a little bit back. And I slip him like a grand... What is this for? That's a down payment for some information. I wouldn't give me any money until you have the information you think this money is worth. I think the information I'm looking for might be worth a little bit more than a grand. You ask the question, I'll name the price, and we can figure it out. What do you know about Marvin Glass? (sighs) Well, I don't fucking like him. I would consider him my competition, I suppose. Although he is also a customer, I guess it's a bit of a mixed bag in my relationship with Marvin Class. A personal customer or uh, he buys in bulk from you? That'll mean $1,000. Done. He buys in bulk. Do you know anything about his boys? Like his... Uh, his two sons. Oh, those, I don't know. Uh, he, he has a... I don't know. He he has him run muscle for him sometimes. He has him, you know, shake people down. I don't. I don't fucking know. I neither one of them have ever uh, been much of a threat to me. What are y'all hearing in the city about what's been going down in contention? Anything making the news up there? Well, I have heard. Uh, you know, it's a bit on the news that the contingent police department is uh, doing a pretty fucking terrible job, and they're probably going to get eroded real soon. So. You know, I don't know. Seems like a bunch of death and murder. It's gotten a lot of the fuzz off my back, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) The city fuzz is focusing their attention down here? Well, I I don't know. Uh, Things have been pretty smooth for me recently. I'm not sure what what that's all about. Hey, Mr. Duke, is there any significance to the rose you wear? I like the way it smells. (laughs) I can't smell. I don't have the sense of smell. It's a joke. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I look fresh as fuck, don't you think? You're pretty fly. I mean, it's a good thing you had all those kids to do that digging with that white suit. I absolutely agree. These are all your kids? And he turns around. Drew, it's good doing business with you. I think we're done here. And he opens up the passenger door of the van. 
And the children all load in with military precision before the Duke gives a quick bow, hops into the white van with Jesus Christ Ministries painted on the side, and begins the wide turn necessary to head back down John's long gravel driveway. The van drives away into darkness, and Drew looks at you with wide eyes. Drew? Yeah. We're fucking millionaires, buddy. Oh my god, we're fucking millionaires. <laughs> oh my god. This is incredible. We just gotta get out of this town alive first. Should we leave tomorrow? I hadn't I hadn't thought about it. Do you wouldn't would you leave the boys at a time like this? Cause fuck it, man, now that you said it, I think I might. Well, I I I definitely don't need the paycheck anymore, and uh Honestly, you know, our, our relationship has, has gotten stronger uh, over the past couple days uh, through all this. Uh, you know, I, I like Clark. Uh, Keith can certainly kiss my piss. And kiss my piss. Kiss my piss. And he hands you, <laughs> he hands you the, um, the firearm uh, that he brought, and he's like, I honestly feel really weird holding this. Hey, buddy, though, listen, you're a cocaine millionaire now. <laughs> Hold on to it. You might need it for protection. Okay. And he takes it back, and uh, he's holding it correctly this time. He, he actually checks and makes sure the safety is on. John doesn't say anything, but like he wells up with pride just a little bit. <laughs> and then he <laughs> whistles and calls calls the Pettymore cousins out of the woods. Awesome. Uh, I'm trying to remember that your cousin's name that saw the oil. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've Jimmy. invited him. Not him? Not the shrooms guy? He's a, no. These right. are younger cousins. Fair enough. <laughs> like, the youngest one is probably, like, 15. Okay. Yeah. Oldest? 40. Nice. Okay, so uh, they all come out of the woods. Do you want to describe that? Yeah. Uh, so about uh, eight very clearly petty moors just step out from behind some trees in a circle around everywhere. And they the youngest is is 15, the oldest is 40, but they all are unmistakably of John's family. Like, the blood is strong and perhaps uh, intertwined. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, John... Nothing gives, stronger than incest blood. Nope. John <laughs> gives them each uh, 10 grand out of his suitcase and says, good work, boys. I'll see you all at the reunion. They all like... Oh, yeah, and I, I toss them a 24-pack of Keystone Light. <laughs> Hell yeah! They all like do a uh, like a jump in the air and like high five each Whee! other. Yeah, <laughs> we all we all take our pistols out and fire them into the <laughs> air. Fuck yes! Freeze frame. Yep. <laughs> Clark, after you go to bed, you are um, having a little trouble sleeping. This is the first time someone slept in your house in a long time and uh you actually hear keith open his door walk out and you hear him open the front door and then you hear him leave and you hear a car start up and then you hear the car back out of the driveway uh, i want to get up and go to the front door and lock it you do so and i'm going to go back to bed okay cool so as you go back to your bed looking out the window you see cole's creek which runs alongside your house and it flows down south from the lake at Centennial Park up north. You see the whole thing is packed with animals and a fair few 
people have been out and about looking for their pets. There's maybe one or two people out there now. But then you see another human, and this one is in the creek, hobbling down the frigid waterway in your direction. It's running, uh, but it seems to be fighting through a limp. And when he reaches the point in the creek closest to your house, he leaps from the water and begins screaming and waving his arms, all while looking in your specific direction. Need you to roll sanity for me. Uh, I pass. 23 on a 29. Okay, cool. You're going to lose one sanity, and I don't know how you're going to rationalize this. Your brain... It's like having a hard time processing this. Uh, but this man making his way toward your house is you. Oh, shit. All of a sudden, you feel a warm pinch on the back of your neck, and your vision tunnels to a close. You come to as a black bag is being snatched off your head. You feel hungover, and your chest feels weird and tight. It smells damp and earthy, and there's a haze around the torch above you, shedding partial light from the middle of this small, stone-walled room. You are sitting in a chair across a stone table from a man with gray hair under a white hard hat in a charcoal suit with a bolo tie. He looks relaxed as he tosses the black bag onto the table and begins to speak. Okay, so after Richard III's coronation, he was visited by a seer from Leicester who called himself the Overseer. The seer claimed that the now king was to hold some very important knowledge, but would need to have the restraint to not abuse this power. See, Richard was given this knowledge, but he couldn't handle it. He lost his mind and killed his two nephews. Uh, the Overseer, disappointed, eventually passed the same knowledge down to uh, Henry Tudor so he could whoop Richard at Bosworth. Uh, Henry VII held this power and eventually passed it down to a reliable and trusted confidant, thankfully not his piece of shit son. <laughs> uh, this knowledge was passed down repeatedly, abused and respected, respected and abused until it made its way over the Atlantic to the colonies eventually landing with a high order of masons. A select few held this information for generations, but a grand purpose was never found until Paul Simon, the politician, not the singer. Soon after being elected to the Senate, he was walking near his home when he came across the first known xenonematode. He sought out Robert Byrd, the Senate minority leader at the time, to share his newfound understanding of the world. Thankfully for the world, Byrd was among those carrying the knowledge of the Overseer from centuries before. Together, they formed a small circle of men to hold the weight of this realization. Now today, we carry on their tradition by keeping the darkness out of this world. We are the opaque rampart, delaying the destruction of life as we know it. Welcome to the circle of knowledge. Now you have questions, I'm sure. And I know this sounds hypocritical after that lengthy oration, but as my high school English teacher would always say, show, don't tell. 
And he immediately reaches under the table, and as he stands, he holds up an unspeakable worm-like abomination with one hand away from his body. The thing is two feet long and tube-like, covered in a squamous black partially translucent membrane. Its body is segmented, and toxically green pulsating arteries and veins can be seen through its thin-looking exterior. It has no identifiable eyes or nose. Its cavernous, circular mouths, one sitting just inside the other, are lined with hooked teeth, and it spits out a saliva that is somehow darker than black. Oh. <laughs> Ooh.